everybody, welcome to the 29th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And uh, today we've got a very special guest joining us. Our very first guest on the podcast, we've got Quaid Ross of Car Made of Glass and Potion. Thank you for joining us, Quaid. Yo, what up? <laughs> so, the, the first band that we're going to talk about is Blind Girls. Blind Girls are a chaotic screamo band from the Gold Coast, uh, Queensland, Australia. They released uh, three EPs, a split uh, since 2013, and they just released their first full-length effort back in November of last year. And this is just another one of those releases that, because it came out later last year, I wasn't really able to like sink my teeth into it until late December, early January. But it is so good. I completely missed it. Completely missed it. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Didn't. Yeah. Um, very excited to hear about the, them though. This new release, uh, also on Spotify, made it really uh, digestible and easy for me to like keep knocking it out, you know, and listening to it. Yeah, you know, as much as I, I love Spotify for that reason, just to easy accessibility, I just hate how they don't cut in the artists nearly enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It also kills me when you look up, uh, like, As the Sun Sets, and they only have, like, the one EP from, like, 2007 or something like that, and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I wish I had more. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I, ideally, if you're like me, what you do is you, you have a Spotify subscription, but if you're jamming that album on the regular, you should, you know, do the band service and actually buy it um, on Bandcamp. Uh, fucking really good point. Where they're liable to get, you know, more of the the profits. Um, I mean, yeah, again, we, we both kind of missed this one. It, it made it onto my my year-in-review, like, leftovers list, because uh, it really just does deserve... It deserves more press. It's a really fantastic record. Uh, I had people who I would consider, like, prominent, or at least, you know, musicians that I greatly respect, like, recommending this band to me. Some fucking really good screamo going on here. Anybody that's just a fan of that late 90s, you know, we're talking just like Neil Perry, Joshua, that kind of shit, man. I mean, it, this is this is right up the alley. I knew you were going to drop Joshua fit for battle. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's just got, I mean, you know, just drums, dream, everything. Just fucking, you, if, if, if I'm saying these names, you know what I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I just noticed that it was mastered by the homie Will Killingsworth, who is the guitarist from Orchid. Oh, oh whoa. Here. Oh, my God. Here. Whoa. Yo, this <laughs> is why we got Quaid on this shit. But, um, and he's done, like, a bunch of sick production work. I, I can't yeah. off the top think of a bunch a- of shit. But. Anybody that's not familiar with Ampere, it was basically a female-fronted orchid, ultimately, right? Ampere had a female super vocals. Fast yeah, too, super like, fast. 20-second songs. Just, yep. like, grind cor- Like, that true emo violence. Like, yep. it's, like, the real merge of... It's 2019, though, so we, let's all agree that we'll stop using the term female-fronted. Huh? <laughs> I feel yeah, like I just, yeah. Can, can I talk with you for a second? <laughs> it's a learning experience for you. As I try gulp. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Screamo has been seeing a, a, like a huge resurgence in the last few years, especially with seminal artists like Jerome's Dream and Page 99 just coming back out of the woodwork with reunion shows. Uh, newer bands like Portrayal of Guilt, Sinza, Ostraka, uh, which Quaid just mentioned earlier. You know, popping up, um, and then you've got this band, and um, yeah, it's it's just so good. There's it's a lot of it's very screamo, but there's also like elements of daughters too, like in terms of the guitar work. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you hear that, like kind of like Canada songs era. Um, so I think this will basically please lovers of both screamo and mathcore. Yeah, definitely. It's got that. It's it's in the vein of a lot of this new screamo emo revival, but it has uh, a lot of new stuff thrown in there too. A lot of like. Uh, uh, things that came like a long, far after. They're integrating your like, yeah. I mean, too, yeah. yeah, definitely more, more of an album, maybe like breakdowns and stuff like that too. I was gonna like, say Capsule, Loma Prieta. 
Oh, yeah, that's not new. Say, like, yeah. like, even like Fear Before or like number 12 almost. Like some of the riffs kind of have some like uh, real, I don't want to say proggy, but you know. But you mentioned Noise Says, who also yeah, sound yeah. like uh, number 12. So, I mean, <clears throat> I guess that kind of just all makes sense then. So I was thinking that we listened to Breaths, the first track. I would totally agree. I mean, a good representation of what that band is, for sure. It's like, I mean, every song is a minute long here, but you can't go wrong no matter what song you select. Yep. Um, th- I mean, with this with this kind of uh, band, why would you not have just a ripper as the as the first, second, third, fourth, and the last? You know, I mean, this mm-hmm. this band really um, it's really consistent through the whole album. Just really good chaotic screamo. So let's just start with one. Let everybody else take it from there. They've, they've broken up the album pretty well too by adding that sort of like longer track. I mean, you're saying like it's it's chaotic, but there is that one sort of like measured... the palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah, yep, totally. Absolutely. It's like a more like post rocky kind of middle. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, we'll listen to Breaths, which is track one from Residue, and that came out on November. 13th of 2018. Here we go. So that was Blind Girls. Um, that's their track Breaths from their new LP, Residue. And that came out on November 13th of 2018. So the next band we're going to talk about is Cloudburst. Cloudburst are a hardcore mathcore band from Yogyakarta, Indonesia. And uh, they released a couple demos and a split back in 2014. Uh, their debut full length in 2016. And now they're back with their new self-titled full length album. Uh, they play chaotic hardcore, could certainly be described as mathcore, lots of fast D-beat, um, really emphasis on like the punk riffs and, and D-beat stuff. That D-beat adds that fucking grime to it, man. Mm-hmm. It's really, really nice. Um, also adding grime to this is the scathy vocals. Uh, also Very. gives me that kind of like punk rock, crusty D-beat uh, feel as well. Mm-hmm. Just yep. right in the back of the throat, <clears throat> yep. the gargling gravel kind of sound. Yep. D- um, uh, the, the fucking drumming... Also, I mean, it's along, excellent on this album. Along with D beat, you know, the style of drumming, he's also just doing some really frenzied, just chaotic hardcore drumming. You know, um, it's relentless, dude. It really is. Liked it. it is, yeah. yeah. Um, and it goes in all different kinds of directions. Every song, like, just really great metallic hardcore feeling to it. And that being said, I'll go ahead and just say that right out the gates, this band really makes no attempt to hide the fact that they're influenced by Converge. Um, the penultimate and final tracks of the album are named. First Cry and Last Cry, respectively. So I think that pretty much spells it out, don't you? I would agree with you completely, dude. Didn't want to. I, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't even have it in my notes, but yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, for those of you who don't get the reference, First Light and Last Light off of uh, Converge's You Fail Me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would basically describe this as Indonesian Converge. Boom. I mean, maybe, maybe not quite fair, um, as their influences do seem to be like a little bit broader than that. Mm hmm. But there is some there's some great material in here, especially if you're into like Massachusetts type hardcore. Uh, oh, again. they got that East Coast vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
uh, you know, Converge, Caven, and even like Botch a little bit too. Uh, there's a, you know, my, my one criticism of this album is there's a couple parts that feel sort of a little middle of the road to me. Um, and I didn't really care for the acoustic guitar interlude either. Neither did I. But uh, overall, it's it's a rather solid album, really. Um, so is the last one, too. Although they, uh, again, very, very blatant with the, the Converge influence there. So we're going to listen to Strange Acrobat, which is track one from the new self-titled album, uh, and that came out on November 13th of 2018. Same day as Blind Girls, actually. Here we go. Oh, 
in my in my in my head same same thing because because literally yesterday uh metal injection they had a uh, travis from black dahlia and the dude from revocation and rob had accidentally said um you know like nobody went into like metallic hardcore and he said it in a way that it sounded like you were studying it and they're like oh, oh, oh wow i took that course in college you know metallic hardcore you know like, we're talking about the difference between metallic hardcore and metalcore and oh, obviously there, there is none oh you're recording all right well yeah anyways there is none yeah so yeah, there's they're one. They're well, would one you, the same. So you'd call Azalea Dying metallic hardcore? No, we, I mean yes, but at the same time, particularly the metalcore tag is is like reserved for bands that are in that kind of. I don't. But you call post-thrashy metallic hardcore. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. I would call it metal. I mean, again, there is no difference. I'm just saying. My original point is that metallic hardcore is just a friendlier genre tag. Versus metalcore, yeah. which most people find synonymous with bands like Asking Alexandria cool. or Attack Attack. I feel like it's, which is kind of they're how one of the same. Started yeah. too because people associated screamo with like MCR or like Fallout Boy when it it was it isn't. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what we, I literally we, thought we, about this on the Bart ride over the the idea still where like I can walk up to somebody and be like, yo, it's like mid '90s screamo, late '90s screamo, and everybody literally still attaches screamo to that. You know that what you're saying like Fallout Boy that kind of thing like early or like My Chemical where it's like. It's something completely different. Where, but I still, I still go back to the the metalcore, metallic hardcore. Even though it hurts my brain when I say metallic hardcore, I would say those are both like the same thing. Because like, I mean, at least I when I hear and I read, they are the same. They are the same thing. But then like, but then screamo and scrams, like you were saying before, it's also the same thing. That's just colloquialisms. This is just a a label. It's a. It's more just like because I I mean like the bands like a lot of like I don't know I guess this gets kind of deep too because like a lot of like are like fake grind. Verse, you know what I False mean? False grind, False yeah. grind, yeah, you know, like... A lot of the music that we listen to. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I kind of feel like um, a big reason that that is the way it was is um, I actually have this MySpace, tab. dude. Everyone back yeah. in the day called Mathcore, Grindcore yeah, on MySpace, like, so. I, I have this old tab of a screenshot of a Heavy Heavy Lolo's MySpace where it says Grindcore, grindcore Pop. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, well, I mean, like, uh, Deathcore just rode hard on, on as far as, like, the death metal side you know we took all the brutality and like you know and then you'd you'd randomly would go like later in the myspace days you'd click on a band with the most brutal logo and it wasn't anything brutal at all you know and it was yeah, almost yeah. like people started adapting it from there well then deathcore started using you know like fluorescent like neon fucking weird like that's the rise designs. above days records days let's not go back to that and we still have those bell-bottom fucking wearing things like it's just i don't understand those bands that still exist it's like a it's like a kiss and disco you know it's like there's still like that weird side so we originally arrived at this point because um we were listening to uh, Cloudburst just now, and Quaid wanted to ask me what my definition of metallic hardcore versus metalcore was. Um, so just to get us back on track, that song was uh, called Strange Acrobat by Cloudburst, and that's off uh, their new album, their new self-titled album, which came out on November 13th. And I just kind of started recording while the, the track was over so we could just kind of continue that conversation one more thing on cloudburst um anybody that uh maybe is just listening for the first time or like uh, an episode or two you've only listened to um i would highly suggest going back to uh, the band chamber if you like these guys at all uh, Cloud, uh cloudburst just for the fact that um they just had that really chaotic hardcore and then just with the vocals so scathing and everything really um hit home for me so just to tie the whole thing back together i mean metalcore mathcore is metalcore rather boom so, anyway. All right, so next we're going to talk about Inertia. Inertia are a technical progressive death metal band from Buffalo, New York. And uh, they released their first EP back in 2015, a single in 2017, and now their first full-length, 
Teratoma in November of last year. And as you'd expect from a band out of that area, they absolutely rip. This is some extremely eclectic and progressive uh, metal, very technical, uh, occasionally kind of on the math rock side. Um, I mean, the guitar rig in particular and the, the drumming is just so technical and very, very heavy at times as well. Um, it's not a. It's not like a confusing mix genre, like uh, early two thousands, like metalcore band kind of feel. You know, where it's like all of a sudden there's just a new pop. genre. Yeah, like thrown <laughs> in. You're like, holy fucking shit. Okay. Um, no, River it's it's really. <laughs> River bottom nightmare or uh, daily's gone wrong. Uh, attack attack did that too. It was terrible. Um, and then but, every band after them. Yeah, yeah, but um, I gotta tell you, um, this. Uh, when when the 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 not brutal shit comes in, uh, I would. I mean, I, I want more of it. Um, kind of Delta Sleepish in a way. Dude, absolutely. That yeah. is exactly yeah. my thought. For some reason, I was like, why does this sound like Beneath the Massacre meets Delta Sleep? Yeah, so so I'm gonna, I, I literally, all I want to say is Dysphoria, Beneath the Massacre, um, just as far as like just what it's what the brutality of that is. But then Quaid was kind of, like, what do you think they sound like, Quaid? Like, what's where, where are you at with this? Um, It's kind of got like, it's... Like, I mean, it's, there's moments that sound like Beneath the Massacre, but it's definitely, like, more along the lines of, like, that weird, like, experimental deathcore kind of stuff that, like, um, if you remember, like, Last of Lucy, like, Wreck of the Minotaur, like, that, like, it's, like, bordering on, or it is mathcore, but it's, like, still, like, maintaining, like, that, like, almost, like, start-stop kind of, like, deathcore I think what we're stuff. trying to get at here is that they're, like, trying to be as eclectical, eclectic as possible. Yeah, 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 definitely super eclectic. Um, like kind of like in terms of like genre integration again, it's like technical death metal and math math rock, or like um, like Hunam Koo or like Sleep Terror kind of. Yeah, basically they're just flaunting metal conventions left and right. Talented sons of bitches. I mean, there there are parts but where like, it just shifts completely from tech death and go, you know, like the gross half step harmonies and minor third intervals to like reverb heavy, like you know, tappy taps. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, can you can we use tappy taps more as a I like that. <laughs> a tag. Yeah, that's good. Tappy taps. Yeah. Um so we just threw kind of a lot of comparisons there, but again, I, I'm adamant with the Beneath the Massacre and Delta Sleep, you know, minus the bear kind of style there. And then again the guitar work literally reminds me of Psyopus. Um which makes perfect sense considering where they're from again, because um I believe that uh Chris Arp is, is from that area. I think he's from Rochester, yeah. Uh and again, you know, you've got Viramia, who sounded a lot like this band, and Dysphoria, who are, again, both clearly inspired by Beneath the Massacre um, and Psyopus. So I think there's a lot of, in terms of the guitar work, especially with Viramia, you know, they sound like Psyopus like, quite a bit. With the fucking 10-string bass. I mean, if you want to hear this band talk about Psyopus, you can go listen to Metal Trench's podcast, and they talk about all kinds of shit um, on that interview, oh. um, and including Psyopus. So... I was thinking that we should listen to Monkey's Paw because it's probably overall the most exciting track. Um, although Welcome Back pretty much nicely wraps up all the comparisons we were making. Monkey Paw does it too, you know. I mean, Monkey Paw is good, it, but uh, let's just do Monkey Paw, dude. That's, it, it fucking rips. Okay, great. So we're going to listen to Monkey's Paw. Actually. Monkey's Paw. And uh, that's off their new album, Teratoma, and that came out November 21st of 2018. Here we go.
Monkey's Paw by Inertia, and that's off their new album, Teratoma, which came out on November 21st of 2018. Do you know what a Teratoma is, Levi? Negatory. I don't know what a lot of things are. Just look at the album. Just just Google Teratoma, anyone who's interested. T-E-R-A-T-O-M-A. Christian, you're holding a, a dis, disinformed baby that's cut up right now on, on your phone. What are you doing? That pretty much uh, That pretty much sums it up right there. Dead baby. Well, it's it's like a strange like growth, um, and, and unfortunately, it typically happens to newborn infants. So, anywho, <laughs> next up. <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about Great Falls. Great Falls are a well, um, I would describe them as noise core or sludge uh, from Seattle, and the band features members of Kiss It Goodbye and <sighs> Yesu. Um, so the pedigree here is unquestionably good. Dude, kiss it goodbye. Everybody, go back. 1997, 1999. 
some awesome shit right there. That red, like, um, the 97 demon album no, no, cover uh, is just absolutely, yeah. you know, it's iconic. I'm pretty sure this 1997 release, yeah. Yeah, that, that cover is, is extremely recognizable. You'll, you'll know right away, oh, this is a famous album. Um, but once again, I would agree with Christian, just fucking, it's heavy, sludgy. Um, and I believe it's the three-piece? They are a three-piece, yeah. Which makes it even better and heavier. It's so heavy. That's definitely the operative word. Sinister, evil, uh, angry. They have an extensive back catalog. They've been around since uh, 2010. Released a demo, uh, three collaborative EPs, two with a noise artist, actually, um, and one with the vocalist to trap them. Uh, Four other EPs, uh, one of their own, three splits, that is. A single, three full lengths, a RoboCop cover, a compilation of their their, their best works, and then uh, in the last two months or so, they've released yet another full-length album and another split with the great Sabatini. Uh, so this is enough output to make your head fucking spin. I, as you're reading, I'm like, wait, what? What? Wait, what? What? <laughs> I'm not finished yet. Yeah, uh, it's just so heavy. Every song is angry, uh, just prominently featuring that low end and the heaviness. Uh, you know, pretty much, man. Low end. Uh, like you were saying, very Ken mode. It's just a measured exercise and just punishing the listener in just waves of sludge uh, but it's it's more it's more interesting than traditional sludge or doom in that way where there's just like longer ringing out of the notes um it's it's got more like musician appeal i would say and the scope of this album is fucking staggeringly impressive too i mean most of the tracks clear five minutes yes dude they and are there's that 14 minute one the, this album is a ride everybody be ready it is it is it, it, like get on punishing. that just get on that sludge wave and just ride it out you know Ride the snake. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I really love that 14-minute song, too. I, I That would normally piss me off. Like, those, that's the track that I traditionally skip, like, that, that song on. The only other exception, I mean, unless it's, like, Prague, of course, but the only other exception I, I can think of in this kind of context, like, more hardcore noise context, would be, like, um, Norma Jean. You know, they've got that one really long song on the first album. I would sort of compare it to this. But yeah. uh, this is just far more impressive and less repetitive more interesting it's an ep experience unto itself i feel like it's really anticlimactic when i listen to a full album and then i skip the last track which hurts my brain because then mm-hmm. depending on what media you what media player you play on it goes to something else you're like wait fuck oh god damn it i skipped the last track god damn it like that kind of thing so yeah uh it, it, i mean that last 14 minute track just go through it and enjoy yeah it, it cuts the album in half too it just it breaks it up nicely yep yeah real heavy vibe kind of like like a swans or you know like a more rock oriented heavy mm. but definitely more in the hardcore realm like you guys are saying they have like a, a past in hardcore music mm-hmm. i mean I, there's there's times in this album where i'm like i'm thinking ion dissonance quite a bit damn i don't, I don't know if it's the vocal approach or, or what but the vocals almost reminded me more of like i mean not exactly or anything but more along the lines of like the locust or something kind of like that even Mm, okay. More like yelpy. I yeah, that's interesting. I feel like the vocals um, in any situation, in any band, can kind of just take you all over the place in terms of comparisons. Like, <laughs> remember that one time we talked about um, what was that one band from Los Angeles that was like a math rock band with Danzig vocals? 
Oh fuck! Uh, the the Wizrobe. Uh, Wizrobe, yeah, man. That shit was like like best friend rock to the end, man. That shit was tight, man. Like a better version of Japan droids. Like I want to ride off into the sunset with my, with like my best bro, like a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Easy like rider style. <laughs> Except you don't get shot by a redneck. In the you, end. Yeah, you definitely don't get shot at the end. It's pretty tight. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Peter Fonda. <laughs> Is he still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Great Falls. All right. So, yeah, Great Falls. Um, so we're going to listen to, you know, I think we should listen to the second track off their, their new full length. I mean, the, the EP is also really good, the one with the great Sabatini. But mm-hmm. um, I'm saying that we listen to Not For Sale Bodies. <laughs> I like that name. It's good. Great. So we're going to listen to Not For Sale Bodies, and that's track one off Great Falls' new album, A Sense of Rest, uh, which you can also grab on vinyl via Corpse Flower Records, so check that out. Here we go.
right, so that was Not For Sale Bodies by Great Falls, and that's off their new album, A Sense of Rest, which came out on December 21st of 2018. And that was definitely one of the best albums that came out last year. Um, I didn't have very much time to spend with that, but just so, so good. Was it on your leftover mention? No, it was in my honorable mentions of the first article, actually. Oh, honorable, not even leftover. Mm-hmm. Well, then. Hmm. Yeah, they made they made the first cut because I... Uh, Again, as much as I didn't have enough time to listen to it immediately, I knew it's it was impressive. So um, it had to be had to be noted. And just so sludgy and heavy, just a, a really enjoyable listening experience overall. That I listened to that album three times in the last twenty four hours, actually, just like in a loop. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, it's a fucking as you were saying, it's a ride, as you'd like to say, even. Mm. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the air turned to acid. Speaking of sludge, yeah, um, a lot of the same things that I just said about Great Falls could easily be turned on uh, the air turned to acid. This is a sludgy mathcore band from the UK. As near as I can tell, the band started back in 2014. They released uh, a split with Tides of Sulfur in 2015, and now uh, four years, three years later, rather. Uh, they released their first solo EP, Black is in Instruction, in December of last year. And again, this is this is heavy and evil sludge with an element of unpredictability that just keeps it interesting. Um, it's not exactly technical in terms of like being like fast or having a lot of tempo or time changes, but that's not really what this band is about. Uh, this band is about groove and just punishing you with that heavy low end. Uh, a lot like Great Falls, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the, it kind of reminds me of Gaza's sludgier moments, but really, truly, um, I think this is like a better version of American, like, hardcore sludge, and in particular, bands like Abominable Iron Sloth, the whole Chico scene in general, um, Armed for Apocalypse, Worry, um, and then, you know, California bands like Black Sheep Wall and Admiral Angry, just stuff that is heavy as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Iron Sloth and Armed are also California as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yep. I guess SoCal. Yep. So oh, SoCal. Cool. Yeah, dude. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I really have nothing to add. Just extra sludginess on the second band. So <laughs> it's fucking heavy. Heavy shit. Wait, Armed for Apocalypse is you're saying from SoCal? No, 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 no they no, weren't. No. In terms of Black Sheep Wall. And oh. Yeah, yeah. We Christian kind of like separated NorCal to so- SoCal there, and I was just like, wait. Huh? Yeah, it's a California sludge in general. Yeah, at large, NorCal, SoCal. I yep. mean. Those bands kind of all sound sort of similar in terms of just like tons of fucking low end. Um, Quaid's an expert in <laughs> California, Northern California sludge lore. Sludge lore. Hmm. All right, so um, I think we should listen to Hounds, which is uh, track two from their new album, Black is in Instruction. Love it. And that came out on December 20th of 2018. Here we go.
So next we're going to talk about Potion. Potion are a mathcore technical death metal band from Northern California, featuring our good friend Hunter, who's based out of Ukiah, um, now Quentin Salmon, originally of Antarctica, and Quaid here, uh, who's uh, also of Antarctica, T-Bot Jeff, Car Made of Glass, etc., um, and who's uh, currently based out of Oakland, uh, but originally from Humboldt. And... Uh, so they released their, their first EP, Diaphanized, last year, which is one of my favorite releases of 2018, and now they're back with their new split with Car Made of Glass, henceforth uh, referred to as CMOG. And uh, we discussed them a few episodes back. They've appeared on one of our compilations, and we also recently premiered a guitar playthrough for them, so I will try to link that in the description for you. And uh, Potion play a completely over-the-top, zany blend of tech death and math core with tons of insane guitar work, fast drumming, uh, and high-pitched vocals, um, especially consider considering Hunter's guitar technique. It's um, it's very <laughs> it's wild. Lots of lots of the whammy bar, um, and it really reminds me. I mean, on that note, it reminds me of Psyopus. <laughs> the whole the whole guitar technique overall is just very similar to that. Mr. Bungle and again, very Mr. Bungle, very the zaniness. Um, and again, there's there's still an element of like tech death too. So. Um, if you like bands like Worms or just, you know, real, real like chunky, but super fast riff salad, this, this is, I mean, it's a bit all over the place, clearly, but, um, it's so good and so well executed. And there's even some markedly butt rock passages in that first EP, <laughs> which you would think I would just totally fucking hate, but I, I love it. Um, I, surprisingly, I love it. You know, imagine if Whitesnake had the technical ability of Psyopus, um, and then go back and listen to Dry Season and tell me it isn't amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, so Diaphanize, their debut EP, came out last year, and now they're back with another EP of much shorter songs for their split with Carmade of Glass, which, as I mentioned before, is Quaid's other band. Um, and if I dare say, it's even more over the top. Um, so, Quaid, you played drums on this album. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about the uh, the recording process? Because I know last time for the albums, they were all made of like one-hit samples, so I'm sure that this time it was approached differently, considering he had an actual drummer. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. Well, with this, um, <clears throat> with the uh, yeah, Diaphanize, he had songs that had been written f- over the course of a really long time, and mm-hmm. he'd been trying to find drummers to to perform the stuff, and from a couple other death metal bands that he was in. But um, <clears throat> overall, just uh, it was all pretty much pre-composed. Like, he'd had the wrist for years where, um, with this stuff for the Carmedic Glass Split, we kind of went in, and uh, I would start off with the rhythms mm-hmm. and lay down a bunch of stuff, and from there he could decide, like, this is, like, what he wants to do with... It's all good. What he would want to do with, uh, with the different rhythms, and uh, the drum set that we used was ridiculous. It was actually just... Um, yeah, whose kit was that? It was mine, but it was like something like you weren't using the embryonic devourment kit. No, 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 it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't even during that time that he was in. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. to mention. I forgot to mention the guitarist of this band. Uh, Hunter is actually formally in embryonic devourment, so that's why I say that. Another sick band from Northern California, but um, well, it was my kit, but it was just um set up so awful. We just like I had my stuff somewhere else to be recording uh, for another project and. Uh, so I just kind of scrambled together what I had at the moment, and it was just two crash cymbals, a snare, and a bass. Well, that's right. So there's no ride, there's no hi-hat or anything like that. That's that's what I... So, I knew there's a reason I wanted to talk about that. So there was no hi-hat on this well, recording Because we were 
we just wanted to keep it really straight to the point, just like um, no fills. Pretty much, yeah, just uh, just straight to the rhythms. Exactly mm-hmm. what um, you know, just make it as extreme as possible. Not all not, accents. Yeah. So um, yeah, a lot of it started there, and uh, anything that you hear is completely like unedited. Like it's uh, it's the album. I mean, like a few of the songs are kind of mixed up. But edited, you means in like terms of like drum quantization, or well, in terms of that. But I mean, even like we went like with almost first takes of everything that I threw down, and that was the drum track. And it's like there we go, like we got it. So like if you like I was saying, like some of the songs are like not in the actual order I recorded them in, but pretty much like if you were to mix it up a little bit, you would be just hearing the live session of the drums straight through. Oh wow! So okay. oh, they're all they're all one takes. Yeah, everything's okay. one take. So in that sense, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, That's wild. very impressive. Thank you. But um, no, he's the one that really tears it up, though. He's got um, yeah, he's got all the the most ridiculous ideas. And taking it back to like, you were you're mentioning like butt rock and stuff. He's got like a really <laughs> extensive background in uh, playing hair metal music and music of like '80s metal guitar and uh, like uh, just forever he's been wanting to put a lot of uh a lot of those ideas like a lot of his most ridiculous guitar playing comes from you know uh licks that you would learn from like Dimebag or like like a hair metal guitarist you know mm-hmm. I mean? like some old like wild tricks but um like you said like a lot of uh newer artists like like uh, uh like Psyopis or like Slaughterbox do kind of similar things but uh um yeah, his his background is in a more straightforward metal thrash. And yeah, he's been in a lot of death metal thrash bands, but um, is now just really I think stripping it down to the most ridiculous fills and the most ridiculous things he could be laying down on mm-hmm. top of a metal track. So I think from this point on, pretty much Potion is going to be as ridiculous as that. <laughs> Although he does have other projects. Um, Similar, to, he has one other EP right now that um, I'm not involved with. That is pretty much left over from, not 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 left over, but it's um, from the same era as like the diaphanized recordings. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of uh, it's pretty much just him on everything. But to go back to you though, so the, I think the interesting thing about this recordings is again the the lack of sort of hardware for the drum kit. <laughs> you know, just very very minimal, mostly concentrating on the snare. And the kick and uh, what would you say crashes? That yeah, yeah it. two, two crashes. So, <laughs> and I no mean, no toms, right? No toms. So it's no just, splashes, it's, no bells of any sort. No nothing. So it's really just uh, it's just building a, a good backbone for what him and Quentin are doing, which is laying down some just really really wild shit. And Quentin throws down too a lot of. Uh, well, we'll get to that more on uh, later on when we talk about Car Made of Glass. We'll talk about Quentin. Yeah, let's talk about let's, let's listen to that potion. Come yeah, on. so let's let's go ahead and go forward with potion uh, before we get uh, caught up talking about Cmog here. So we're gonna listen to Real Teen Wolves, which is off their split with Cmog uh, that came out on January first of twenty nineteen. And again, uh, that was actually the song that we premiered the guitar playthrough for. So I'll go ahead and try to link that in the description as well. Here we go.
every song is like 60 seconds or yeah less even like, I, but I love the way that next track starts so great oh the end yeah he's wild, like when I first heard that I um I texted him I was like yo what did you sample that from like is that like Mario Kart or what he's like no I made that like I made that whole thing you know and oh I you're talking about the specifically like the video game music at the end oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. talking about like the guitar that like fades no, out video game. oh of video, game, oh, video no. game music at the end is pretty he, tight he can't it is it's he, great he can't go wrong it's all sick and he like does the voiceover it's just it sounds like Xavier Renegade Angel that's hilarious <laughs> um so we're just kind of like jumping into the conversation <laughs> as opposed to closing out the band but that was real Teen Wolves by Potion and that's off their split with car made of glass right? so technical and so short every track <laughs> it's looking crazy dude like i said zany over the top it's, it's fucking uh it just really is norcal as fuck i gotta say doing bands like mr bungle proud they've, they've left quite a legacy you guys should get mike Patton on the vocals so he can Yo, send it band. to pat <laughs> yo p-dog you're listening because that's what he likes to be called is p-dog Definitely go up to him and call him P-Doc next time you Yo, see Master him. Yo, Master MP! <laughs> I think Christian, Quaid, and I all know where his parents still live in McKinleyville, so <laughs> that's always weird. <laughs> do we? I, I do. I definitely know where his parents live. <laughs> still hanging out in his old practice space. His old practice space, yeah. <laughs> all right, so um, next we're going to talk about Car Made of Glass. Car Made of Glass are a noise grind band from Humboldt County featuring Quaid Ross here. Wait, the Quaid we got in the room? <laughs> The very same. What the shit, dude? We're we're talking about your other band, Potion, a second ago. That was yes, crazy. Uh, also a Potion. Uh, also of T Bot Jeff and Antarctica and Quentin uh, Salmon, who is also of Antarctica and Carmade of Glass. Again, well, I'm talking about Carmade of Glass now, so you know that. Um, <laughs> but for those of you who don't know this, uh, Quaid and I actually played in Antarctica back in like 2009. Uh, and it's also the theme music to this podcast. Just wanted to say that. You know, I, I felt like it was finally time to let you know. Um, the songs <laughs> that you hear opening and closing this podcast or filling in background noise during our interviews or our later discussions um, is Antarctica. And I do that to avoid any copyright issues, but I know I could have easily made some original music for it, but um, I think it works really well for our theme music. It bangs. Boom. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to CMOG. So... Car Made of Glass uh, released their first demo back in 2016, a split EP and another demo in 2017, um, and a sp split and a full length last year. And now they're back with another split with Potion, who, as I mentioned before, Quaid also plays drums in. Um, they've appeared on one of our compilations. We've premiered a music video for them a few months back, which I will uh, try to link in the descriptions. That's like three music videos to link now, I think. Um, but uh, Car Made of Glass play a very sample-heavy noise grind with absolutely ridiculous breakdowns, but uh, at times they've just fully leaned purely into the noise elements, and uh, I think my friend Matt from Heavy Blog is Heavy describes you the best. This is the most unhinged and unintelligible form of grindcore going, and it should be celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. Quaid, that's you, bud! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's totally without any sort of pretension... Um, and, and just in some cases, just completely flaunts um, the conventions of traditional music. Um, that being said, so we've talked briefly about your musical background, Quaid, but we haven't really talked about the other members yet. Um, so this project was started off uh, just as you and, uh, you and Quentin, right? Yeah, so 
<clears throat> well, we kind of started in 2009, like on accident. We, we played a few shows and had done some recordings under the name The Fuck Disco. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm like, under The Fuck Disco? And uh, um, we were really just, uh, at that point, we gave like so little fucks. Like, we were on some... We're on some wild tip. We uh, and that was your first project post Antarctica. Yeah, it was like um, post Antarctica that was still me and Quentin uh, being the core members, and uh, it was all improvisational. We would just we had a couple shows booked and uh, ended up just deciding to roll out and perform as the Fuck Disco, and uh, didn't really think much. I mean we. We, we dropped off from that. I mean, we gave such a little, so little fucks that we ended up not even really showing up to most of the shows that we had booked after we played the first two. <laughs> and um, uh, gave up for a long time on that. We ended up both getting into a me and Quentin both got into a couple other bands that were like um, more noise oriented. Um, yeah, you started doing T Bot Jeff, which we've all, we've also featured on. Um, yeah, yeah. Which we've also featured on one of our compilations. So yeah, like around. Um, yeah, we started doing, started kind of getting back into like the grind scene around like 2012, and then. Uh, um, and the spelling of that is T E B O T J F, right? Yeah, which originally stood for the Experimental Boys of the Jetpack Frontier. But <laughs> we don't ever really talk about that anymore. No, we don't, no, talk, we don't. We talk about that acronym. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, so we got back in it with T Bot Jeff, and that's kind of where um, uh, some of our homies that we'd been just jamming with or collaborating with throughout the years um joined in with us uh, at that point the drummer for t-bot jeff was philip deckett who has a bunch of other projects up in that area this week's leader and uh he was also in a band with me and quentin prior to that and uh our homie nick schultz uh who in t-bot jeff played guitar i was about to bring that up actually so in regards to the other members uh you also have philip deckett who is a uh, singer songwriter from um what is this project called this week's leader which you also play bass in yeah quaid is very busy um, and then you brought in, as you were saying, Nick Schultz, who is a, uh, a more or less, he's kind of a known noise artist, isn't he? Yeah, he's got like a lot of, he's put out a lot of stuff. Like he's, he's been releasing noise since like, like 2009. Yeah, so you brought in Phil um, to do vocals and you brought in Schultz to do noise and bass and vocals. Yeah. And electronics, uh, as it were. Which, again, I think really adds to the whole unorthodox style of music that you play. At the end of T-Bot Jeff, um kind of trying to pull like a band together again where it wasn't just me screaming over the band with no mic or you know we were, we were gonna try and get a vocalist together so we got the fuck disco quentin literally put the guitar on his lap and like yeah, s- yeah. like strummed it with like <laughs> so i mean yeah it's coming a long uh, yeah, ways from yeah. there so <laughs> so we um getting a, getting the band back together more or less we got quentin on vocals and kind of started rehearsing with that lineup which was phil on drums me on guitar nick schultz on guitar and then quentin doing vocals so um it lasted for a good few months where we took the practices pretty seriously but um at the same time we'd been uh me and quentin had been experimenting a lot with uh pretty much the exact same formula as the fuck disco using the name worshiping even though we never released anything or really played any shows or anything that's just kind of what we were going under at that period and uh we ended up recording a demo and changing the name to carmen glass which was kind of a name that we'd had for a long time that we originally wanted to use if we ever were going to change the name of Antarctica, which never happened. But. And that was just you and Quentin on those recordings. Yeah, so it's just me and Quentin both just taking care of the vocals and just going to town guitar and drums. And then uh, 
we started getting more like uh, I don't want to say like self-conscious about our vocals, but we started uh, like doubting whether we would want to do vocals and the instruments live. So we started talking to the guys from T-Bot Jeff about wanting to collaborate more, and uh, they were just super in, you know. And they were like one of our they were super big supporters of us originally. Which so is, with the addition of Phil and Schultz handling vocals, that sort of allowed you to focus more on your instruments. I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. Especially just, in a potentially live setting. Yeah, so everything's changed since then. Like, um, you know, everything's just gotten heavier. We've just been focusing more on tone and uh, just how to build, like, a real body of sound out of what we're doing as opposed... Because the riffs are, you know, real wacky and unorthodox. Quentin's playing is pretty unique. I'm glad that you bring that up. Um, let's talk about Quentin for a second. So, again, he was the originally the vocalist of Antarctica, but he has no previous musical or instrument training prior to CMOD. <laughs> um, so this creates a very, again, unorthodox approach to his his playing. Um, again, no, no training. Um, he, he uses a, a very interesting tuning as well. Can we talk about that? Uh, yeah, we can... We could talk about it, but I couldn't uh, lay it out for you what the, what the notes are right now. Describe what the tuning would be. But it's essentially, it's, by barring, it's creating well, a minor second, is it? Or um, Well, he's got... I mean, okay, so if we're going to dig deep, uh, just lay Quentin's whole setup out here. We got, he's got the two lowest strings just as low as you could get them. You know, I, I, there, there, there is a real tune. Is there here. a pitch? There, there, yeah, there's a tune. Like, are we, it's like tuned to something like every time that we go into play. But um, yeah, the low notes are something like pretty similar to like, you know, like a drop D setup, kind of like a bar chord. And then uh, as you move on, it... Um, some of the notes, or at least two of them, are tuned with... Uh, are they a half-step apart? It's just a half-step apart, so you can, in the same way that you would, you know, fish stick finger a, you know, a drop D chord, you could, you know, throw down some some of those real big uh, scronky chords with uh, <laughs> a little more ease. So he has, like, a lot more control over the, the pitches and the notes that he's uh, throwing down in a, in a real rhythmic setting you know or like a more rhythmic uh execution than if he was going at it with it's more like, percussive i think is what yeah, you're good, getting good at call. <clears throat> yeah he um yeah he really goes at shit like rhythmically as opposed to uh melodically right and uh yeah that's a big part of like how we started get things going and uh like you mentioned earlier a lot of the noise and uh the more uh discordant elements that come from Nick bringing the electronics in really uh, inspired us to, to amp up the distortion on the guitar and make the guitar a little bit less uh, um, traditional, you know, like make, make the riffs more along the lines of, uh, you know, like a synthesizer or something like that. Does Nick, does Nick run samples? No, he doesn't run no samples. Um, because in your videos, you guys have quite a bit of a wrestling influence so far. What I've seen, like the last, didn't it wasn't the last Carmelo Glass video, basically. Yeah, I mean, some the albums are very sample on. heavy for sure. Yeah, yeah, every yeah, song. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, do you guys play these samples live at all, or not really? Well, we haven't really. You have to play the samples live. No, yeah. Well, so I mean, we've. It's kind of hard to explain. We've got a lot. Of, How are they gonna know what song comes next? Thank you, Christian. So, so we're working <laughs> the truth. No, I mean, we wouldn't play a song without the sample. We would. We wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but um. No, we, uh, um, we're, st the live thing is like a whole nother, whole nother topic. Cause we're still kind of trying to figure out how we want to bring this to a live setting. Cause we've done a few like small shows or we've done some like really intimate, uh, 
performances, but we really haven't uh, even got to the point where we're sure how we're going to bring this like to another town, you know, or how we're going to go about like performing. Like, That's actually a conversation Christian and I have a lot with one piece and two piece bands. How are um, they going to perform this live? Yeah, how are you guys going to do it? Because like, like most of the time it's like the most ripping of bands too. You're like, God damn, that was great. And then you look up, you're like, oh, what the fuck? You know, that kind of thing. So it, it hurts a little bit, you know? Yeah, no, and, and uh, so we, we've been thinking a lot about like um, how to present it live. And So Carmade of Glass has not actually played a show yet, right? Not by what we would consider, but no, not, not, not a real ass show. We, we haven't been on a flyer, you know, we're not we're not we're not run, running like that, but mm-hmm. we've just been evolved. Like we, like about a year ago, we had like we were really working on our first full length album of stuff after like the rush hour split and after our first demo. I actually wanted to talk about that. Um, so as much as Car Made of Glass is a grindcore band, uh, you're also very noise noise oriented, uh, and you're split with Spectre's track Bloody Trails and your full length album, which you're just mentioning, Foreign Graffiti. Uh, are almost entirely noise, save for the one track on the ladder. Um, do you want to talk about the recording process for those albums and the materials that you utilize? Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, the the album that I was referring to ended up just getting shelved. Oh, like, okay. It, it was of material that was like, like more along our like death grind material. So it was like that's kind of how Phil and Nick originally got involved. They were saying, "Hey, we'll take over the vocals on this project because it was just kind of this like daunting like fifteen or like sixteen song album and uh so from there we were just kind of getting together to like experiment or just like work with vocals and stuff and when nick would bring over his pedals or we would start um messing around with like effects for the vocals or something we would just kind of get like lost and like saying like man like we want to want to try this or we want to do these other ideas and we had like a lot between the four of us we had like a lot of uh um a lot of ideas for how we could just completely change the band how we could just say like fuck it, this is what we're going to add to carmated glass now and this is like what we could be or this is like how we could take it so a lot of the ideas that ended up becoming like the specter track blade trails split and form graffiti were things that um we could have just i felt like we could have ran with any one of those ideas and just kind of like said okay well now this is cmog now but instead we we're just kind of like okay well let's just keep doing like what we've been doing um with uh with the grind stuff and uh on top of that just kind of s- start throwing in these different noise uh, elements yeah because they're a lot of the stuff like i mean upon first listen it's like really different from the early carbonate glass stuff but like as we're moving along now i think like some of the more recent stuff that's like unreleased like we're working on like a lot of projects now like that's like what we do we've just been working on like We'll juggle like a couple splits at once, and like right now we have like another full length album that's unreleased. Like, and isn't Potion also sitting on another full length as well? Potion is also sitting on like I mentioned earlier, like uh, like he has like an EP, and he's got he's he said he's. Is your drumming also featured on those albums as well, or? Um, I'm featured on at least one more project that is done, and then there's under the moniker of Potion. Yes, and then but this year there should be a bunch of stuff. We're definitely you know we've been getting together more, trying to trying to work out some more material and he, he even told me recently that um, you should be able to expect at least two releases with it before summertime or you know hmm. so it, it, a lot of stuff's popping off um, with Carmen yeah, you've been really busy yeah but um, in a long your solo project as well to um, Dropped Call yeah yeah I just put out an album I think I can't remember if it was last I think it was last year so in essence, the members of Car Made of Glass really dabble in all different kinds of music, variety of projects. They're all very prolific. 
Um, Quaid is also a noise artist unto himself, so there's two artists involved in, noise artists rather, involved in Car Made of Glass here. And Phil is Spectre's track Bloody Trails. Oh, I had no fucking so idea. He, Make that three. So yeah, so he, he has a lot of other solo projects too. So within like the four of us, we work on like a lot of different ideas, but more or less like in the past year we decided like, okay, like we can keep doing all these other solo projects on the side and we can keep, nothing's going to stop us from doing that, but if we like join forces and decide like, okay, like let's, because like more recently a lot of the stuff is literally written like for foreign graffiti and more the the, the stuff that we've recorded recently that hasn't come out. Um, it's all you know it's it's everyone's ideas kind of put together to create something like live in the studio and mm-hmm. you know, I, I can see you guys actually performing the grindcore with the noise live i think that would really be quite a performance with to behold. the inserts yeah like with the inserts, <laughs> I, I feel like this would make full of hell blush it's it's very it's very similar to full of hell um again if you like any sort of super dirty noise grind uh car made of glass is, is going to please you. you know, it's, it's unhinged. I think that describes it perfectly. Um, so one of the most fascinating elements of this band for me is the lyrics and the song titles, which are so profoundly haunting, sinister, and even prophetic at times. And I would really like to talk about the source material. Can you tell us a bit about that? The journals. Yeah, the journals. Get into the journals. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of this whole world that me and Quentin entered a few years ago, back in like 2009, where we... Uh, we kind of uh, came in possession of this person's journals and uh, some pretty bizarre writings, and uh, we ended up, you know, obsessing over them for various reasons. And one of the main reasons that we were drawn to it, beyond just the sheer luck that we ended up, you know, with it in our possession, was that um, this person kind of had this. Uh, this fixation with the number 17, which in turn is also, they had an obsession with the 17th letter of the alphabet, which is Q, which is the first letter of both of our names. So it kind of was... Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, Quaid. And the, and, but I mean, it gets really deep though. Like, I mean, like to like on the That's, surface... This is why I wanted to talk about this. This is like the surface level of it. You know, it gets... it. This is like Humboldt lore. You know, I mean, we, we ended up finding kind of who, you know, who he, we know who he is now and stuff, you know, but... um. Uh, but that wasn't until years after the fact. Though. Yeah, years after the fact that we kind of like you know just exactly. discussed like well person. you know is this is this is this person dead or alive like how do you know this like should you know what do we do with this art which is what we looked at it as you know it was just a like I mean the first page um, really laid it out that it was it hit their intent behind leaving it there was to be found and read you know I mean the the front page like clearly stated that and. Um, so what what we what what do you do with it? I mean I don't know like we we were in a bunch of bands together with really no idea of how to kind of uh, apply this. Where'd you find this shit? At the bottom of Tompkins Hill River, which is just so it's just like at the, at the bottom of a, <laughs> at the bottom of beep where my my folks live. But, so just um, like 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 backwoods, just like at a, at, a, yeah. at the bottom of the road. So well, essentially, these are the ramblings of a madman well, that they they, <laughs> they came upon. <laughs> They came upon the ramblings of the madman and they, of a madman, and they've appropriated it for lyrical content quite brilliantly. Well, that, I mean, and for song titles too. I mean, you've got okay, I'll, the business of breaking idols and the existence predicated upon manufactured necessity. Um, I'm not sure if uh, incorporating human biases into a no. probabilistic model of retweeting no. is him. That sounds more like you, but <laughs> no, like, like 
a lot. Like, so wonderfully verbose, by the way. His uh, what he left behind wasn't necessarily like intent. Like his intent wasn't to leave behind any sort of like poems or like art pieces or lyrics or anything. But like what we took from it was that there was this, you know, there was some like cohesive aspect to it that we could that we related to or that we found like really intriguing and that like we could like that I that we felt was like worthy of you know turning into uh the lyrics or, or the 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 drive to this band so when we first started we were just both like oh shit you know when we first started doing car made of glass um we weren't really too worried about lyrics you know we we had kind of, the music was the main focus but then we started um, digging back into the journals and figuring what we really were inspired by out of it originally. And from that comes the lyrics for the uh, the first Carmen Glass demo, the Rush Hour 4 split, and um, I mean, we actually have a couple other recordings. Like the album that we scrapped is all, you know, lyrics that we had taken from that album and we still plan on you know using it more not you but we we just haven't given it justice i don't i don't feel like i feel like there's a there's a real story here that needs to be like told it whether really it's, it's just that fascinating <laughs> i mean because i don't want to like put like we know who this guy is i don't want to put him on blast or anything you know no, I, I assume that you wouldn't use his name in this podcast wait not this only this interview rather <clears throat> not only do you not you, you know him now but do you know know him do you talk to him no you... no him no it's i mean we know people that like we know somebody who was like engaged to him who is a co an ex coworker of Quentin's? Damn, that's close. That's well, a- also, uh, anybody unaware, Humboldt County, it's like smaller, so uh, it's all a, it's like a county of small towns. So if you know somebody, you might know somebody from somewhere else. That kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I might just need to cut all of what we just said. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it it gets it gets really deep because there's all these different. Uh, th- I mean, a lot of people don't like. I mean, like I don't. You might end up cutting. It. I don't. Know, a lot of people don't like him. Like a. Uh, the main thing is that, you know, people say like, "Oh, he's he's a murderer," or he's like done these these fucked up things, you know, or he, like he even talks about some things that like I mean I don't want to mention on here, but you know he, he's just he's just done some shit that's like okay that's definitely like incriminating, and we have evidence of it in this, in this, in this journal. Not to say that we have like evidence that I could go and prove that someone was murdered or anything like that. That's that's not what I'm referring to mm-hmm. necessarily. I mean. It's more just well. Christian said it's just like it's it's the ramblings of a madman, yeah, you know. So yeah, just like you know, at some point you have to like just you know accept it for what it is, you know. No, and yeah. it really is. It's wild stuff. Like I've I've personally seen this, but um, I don't know. So and I mean, just the fact that it's again the whole number seventeen, the fascination with the letter Q, the fact that both of your names start with the letter Q, it, and then the, a lot of the songs that we were. I mean, it just kind of so happened. We started notice. I mean, some I mean, like, significance like, there. like, like some fucked up Jim Carrey movie. We're out here like noticing things that have seventeen letters now, or like all of a sudden, like, wait, wait a minute, like three or four of our songs from previous bands were just seventeen letter phrases, you know, and all these things started popping up like unique opportunity. Really, seventeen letters. Oh wow! Like it's just like all these ones. Any other examples? Thirteen, 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 thirteen. I know, but it's just like a lot of or like, uh, like dude. Uh, I, I feel like uh, the what what about like you know you just Quentin Quentin did you guys have this like idea even before that like you both had the same cue kind of thing going on so like going into this you're already looking into that kind of thing I mean maybe but I don't it, know <laughs> it could be but um how many journals did you find 
mini, like a, a, a large cardboard box filled. So like, you know, 20 or 30. Under what? Um, like, was it covered? Like, how did you well, find okay, it? Okay, so me and Quentin were on a hike and we ended up kind of wandering off trail, just following like a deer trail. And Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> the wander- potion. <laughs> wandering off, uh, finding this deer trail and uh, found this ammo container. And uh, we're all just stoked. So we pick up this ammo container. We didn't even really like think to open it. We, we just wanted to get back up this hill, you know, and uh, sit down somewhere so we could check it out. And we end up realizing that it was like a geocache box. You know, you guys are familiar with geocaching. Mm-hmm. So it's like a geocache box. And we're like, oh, shit, like this is like something that we shouldn't have took. You know, we figured out all the information about it. And then we went and put it back. But um, so we went home and we were like, oh, we didn't have any like GPS things or whatever. But we found like the site and kind of learned a little bit about it. And so we went off to find one as close to my folks' house as we could. And that ended up being exactly where they said that the geocache would be. So whoever put it there, I mean, I'm almost positive that it was the person who wrote the journals, you know, made the, the geocache post saying, oh, here's the, a geocache, when the, the the reality was it was, you know. Just journals. He's just, like, him. leaving behind some sort of, uh, you know, part of himself. I don't know, some story. And it... it um, it rained a few days later too, so I remember we went back down to check to see if anything else had blown away or if there was anything else that we were missing, and uh, I mean it couldn't have been anything left. So if we hadn't have found it, then it would have definitely been history. So that's what's really I don't know. It's so it's like a current like drop off, like the, he dropped it off and you guys found it. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it seems like it was very intentional that someone was supposed to find it. But um, yeah. So that's I mean that's kind of a big part of what we have going on that we. We want to like bring forth more with future releases, but um, yeah, I would say absolutely incorporate that in because it's so bizarre. Uh, the phrasing is just, um, it's very kind of sanctimonious in its own way. You know, it's kind of um, it's almost like a religious subtext a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he was on some some wild stuff. Um, but as far as like um, taking it back to like just like the future of things right now as far as like the music um, yeah so what is what does car made of glass uh, have planned for the future well as, as far as like legitimate plans like right now we have um a split that's just done being mixed uh with whom a split with body ache oh that's right yeah. new zealand uh, another killer band right now uh daniel rocking it keeping it heavy and uh christian uh turn me <coughs> <up>. <laughs> Had mentioned a couple times, or had not not necessarily mentioned, but had, had tagged them in a in posts about Carmeda Glass, saying, "Oh, if you like, you know, if you fuck around with Carmeda Glass, you're gonna like uh, Body Ache." So I ended up, you know, getting in touch, and from there we ended up deciding to to work on like a split together. And uh, that's so beautiful. That really just warms my core. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, he's the homie, and we're working with this East Coast label called uh, Destructo Music. So that should be out. <laughs> pretty Good soon name. yes cool they, they put up a lot of cool stuff too um and uh we're working on almost i think we're we, i think it's safe to say we're done with the split right now with this uh chinese band called torturing nurse mm. it's been around a really really long time i mean they're kind of like legends in the harsh noise scene but um this i think th- i think that will be a big uh it's I think you'll find a lot of listenership in the harsh noise and noise grind scene and what what we're going with right now is like I think that release will be the most uh, uh, 
I, I think that'll wrap up the car made of glass vibe into one album the most because it's it's it isn't straying from uh, from the composition of grindcore or of like a noise grind band, but it's um, honestly at times I'm like, wow, this still kind of reminds me of T-Bot Jeff. Like, yeah, you com- they come from a mathcore background, so I feel like that you've brought that to this this context as well, even though it's what most would describe as noise grind or grindcore. Um, you know, you guys still have that mathcore background, so I uh, I still hear that in some of the songs. Oh, yeah, and so I, I think it's, yeah, we're, we're just trying to find a good way to incorporate what we feel. I mean, we're always just trying to get as heavy as possible. I mean, it's, you know, we really want to make it uh, something new because we're, we're definitely influenced by, like, you know, Blood Brothers and, like, Screamo, like, Tower of Rome, all, all that old stuff, but we're definitely trying to not replicate that, but more just uh, take the heaviness of something like you know beneath the massacre and and bring that more to a, like a wall of sound you know feeling from a band more like the haters or, or um uh i don't know we're, we're into a lot of different stuff, i gotta say you know it sort of opened my my mind to, to noise a bit more mm-hmm. like before this i was very um not receptive to noise at all especially when i see videos of like um, that Japanese cat with just the you know the snare drum oh, and cool, the microphone. <laughs> I, I gotta say that that's a bit pretentious for me, but um, I, I I do appreciate what you guys are doing in, in terms of just integrating this with grind. Uh, you know, using the the, the, the scrap metal and um, you know the the pedals, the electronics rather to to create more of a soundscape really, uh, and as feedback is an art form, you know, to hardcore music. I feel like if you can mosh to the beginning of a band's opening when they're just, like, letting feedback ring out, you can find something to appreciate in noise, too. I mean, (laughs) it's not a... You just have to look for the... I guess you just have to... to just. It's more of a passive listen, you know, to put it a different different way. Yeah, I mean, we just... We all just come from... Like, we, we all had our, our, as far as the, the rest of Carmen Glass goes, we all kind of came from, like, a, a, a metal background and have kind of leached our way into noise and more experimental genres. But, um, yeah, right now I, I, we're, we're mostly interested in trying to, to bridge the two for sure. So we can look forward to a, uh, another split EP with Body Egg here in 2019. And you said a full length as well? Yeah, we have a full length, like, recorded already called... Uh, Every song is a good song. And when, when can we expect that? Um, hopefully within the next month or two. Great. All right, well, Quade, thank you so much for joining us. Yep. Y'all are awesome. Thank you yeah, both yeah, so much for having me on. Yeah, hell yeah, this is good. It's been a pleasure. It's, it's a long time coming. I figured if we were ever going to actually have a guest on this podcast that wasn't, um, you know, like another, I don't know, like touring musician, that it would more than likely be you. Um, also, somebody that like is talk about screamo. Just a just a homie, you know, <laughs> someone who knows us. Um, we we can just talk with you with with great effort uh, with without without any effort whatsoever. So yep. oh, yeah, and Levi over here, homie. I still to this day have a Hassan Isabah in loving memory disc that you burnt me. <clears throat> I have I have a uh, the first Great Redneck Hope seven inch. Oh yeah, uh, that was ever printed. Uh, I lent it to Quaid, and I still keep the. 
I'm sorry slash thank you letter from him returning it to me saying, Levi, Levi, I'm so sorry this took so long to give back to you, but holy shit, man, this was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> so like, Fuck, that's that. a great EP too. Yeah. With the, this, the pink, it's like a pink skeleton. Yeah, so on the anybody that, anybody follow Great Great Run to Cope, you got Explosion and you got Behold the Fuck Thunder. That EP don't exist. I got that shit. You can't find that shit anywhere. It's a pink vinyl seven inch. It's amazing. It's almost like Great Run to Cope with like an element of ska. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bitches. Yeah, yeah think about that for a second. This, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and listen to incorporating human biases into a probabilistic model of retweeting. Wow, Christian, good job. Holy shit. <laughs> it's a mouthful, and that's off their uh, split with Potion, and that came out on January 1st of 2019. And I'll, uh, again, there's a music video for that, which I will link in the description. Here we go. <laughs> Damn, that don't sound too good, Bill Murray. It's just a... Uh... Smokers Club. So that was incorporating human cognitive biases in a probabilistic model of retweeting. <laughs> uh, by Car Made of Glass. And that's, uh, that's from their Split with Potion, which, again, Quaid also plays drums for. So you wanted to shout out Hunter, you were saying? Oh, yeah, deaf, dude. Hunter Peterson, the, the sickest producer right now. I'm, I'm not even saying that just because he's my homie. He's hooking me up and I'm in bands with him and shit, but he's... Uh, he's God damn it, Quaid. <laughs> I mean, it's a good reason to, to shout out the okay. bro, but good on top of that, I mean... Listen to the production on a lot of this stuff, and uh, I don't know. You, you tell me what's good. Like he 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 kills it, and he's doing shit cheap. He's like super. I I really like his production quality and all the stuff that he's done so far. And he um didn't he master or he recorded the Seamog? No, that was all you guys. He mastered it for you though. He he does a bunch of rec- he like, he'll record us a lot. He, he, we work with him like pretty frequently, and then uh, he's recorded a bunch of bands. Like he recorded something that should be out soon with uh, Embryonic Devourment and. Uh, 
It's recorded Sadistic Hallucinations full, last full length, another sick band from Humboldt County. Um, that album is fucking great too. He just he's just tearing shit up. He's he's doing a lot of stuff and he's doing like the NorCal scene a real service by putting himself out there and, and really putting a lot of time and effort to make these bands sound like what they want to sound like and not just like what he's used to just slapping band for a band. You know, he, he puts effort in and that's what's like. I mean, like we were like we were saying uh, prior to the podcast, you know, a lot of people will go out and pay a lot of money to to get a the spot you know and uh, this dude will hook you up for a good price you know? i was gonna throw that in there thank you for throwing that in there there's, there's cheaper recording out there everybody you know and i i gotta say i really love that music video as well for incorporating um where did you guys where did you guys film that uh the beach shots were in ferndale on the centerville beach like on the cliff there um the the like rundown house was in quentin's place that he was just moving out of and uh um, that was a rundown house. Yeah, it was rundown, and then there were some shots from the barn. You know, the classic. Of course, the barn, barn which shots. is the practice space. And right then uh, in the woods near the barn, just those night shots for Clinton. But um, and Phil also is like a seriously awesome uh, photographer and can do a lot of really good film stuff. He filmed the video. Oh, um, that's forget yeah, that the recording, the video quality is excellent too. You said it's the camera they use on Vice documentaries. Maybe actually, I don't. I don't know. Th- I don't know that. But well, you sold me with that. Phil seems like, credible. That, that sounds like, you good. Wanna fil- you want to premiere my music video? Oh no! We use the camera they use on Vice documentaries. I was like, okay. Hell yeah! That, no, it's he- a great fucking music video, though. It's fun and just um, again, I'll link that in the description. You, you got to watch that video. It really, I think enhances the content of, uh, of your, your music. It really. Um, you kind of look a little silly at the drum kit because you're like, yo, I gotta explain el- that. Your, your elbows are like super like up, but we didn't bring a, a drum thrum. That's right. Oh no, no, we didn't bring a snare stand. We didn't bring a snare stand, so we're out here putting the snare on the drum throne, and I just had to use some, some like lawn chair, some like. You're in a lawn chair, that's right. It's like a NASCAR, like, fold-up chair, you know, that you would post <laughs> up at like the parade with, and uh, so I'm like two feet off the ground playing that thing, but. On a hill. Anyway, <laughs> just for anybody out there that is wondering why this guy looks like these. Refer to the video. Up. Yeah, so um, for all you listening, go to our YouTube channel, Math Core Index. Um, when is it? YouTube.com slash Math Core Index. I don't even fucking know what the URL is, but there you can find the music video for inco- incorporating human biases into a probabilistic model of retweeting. Uh, and again, that's off their split with Potion, which came out on January 1st. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 29th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And uh, thank you again for joining us, Quaid. Thanks, Quaid. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good night and stay beautiful.